Today is Monday, October 25th. The title for our devotional is Accomplishment for Calling. I don't know if if I really need any anecdotes or statistics to convince you that we live in a results-driven culture, but I'll give a few examples anyway. In the world of professional sports, there are endless conversations around who is the GOAT that is the greatest of all time. The stat that seems to carry the most weight is the number of championships that an athlete has won. Michael Jordan, therefore, is the uh, unchallenged GOAT in basketball. Uh, Unfortunately, Charles Barkley and his amazing career is regularly diminished because he has never won a title. Aaron Rodgers in football is probably a better overall quarterback than Tom Brady ever was, but he doesn't have nearly as many rings. Saying that hurts a little bit as a Bears fan, but I think it's true, especially after last week, so y'all better give me some love for that comment. Therefore, Brady always has the edge in those conversations. Uh, This emphasis on championships has led to a rather annoying trend in recent years of superstars getting together to play on the same team in order to win more championships and up their resume. Think uh, the Dodgers currently, the Lakers, the Nets. Moving to a different industry in the business industry, the bottom line always carries the day. In our personal lives, if we don't see the tangible, enduring results of our labor, we often feel like a failure. This drive for accomplishment is the root of many societal ailments. It leads us to a utilitarianism that is destructive to the soul of our community and our individual soul as well. This drive to succeed leads us to compromise deeply held ethical convictions and values in order to achieve results. It leaves us unable to truly rest and experience the presence and the peace of Christ. For some, this leaves them unable to retire long past the appropriate time. For others, it expedites retirement, either because early retirement was a goal they successfully achieved, or because they are simply exhausted after a lifetime of striving to achieve. When we fail, it leaves us devastated, not just sad because of the failure, but lost in a crisis of identity. Unfortunately, the church has not been immune from these ailments either. As we talked about last week, the stories are piling up of megachurch pastors whose abuses have been overlooked and excused because, well, they got results. The church growth strategy market is vast and relentless, as my inbox reveals, despite my attempts to unregister from their mailing list. Conversation after conversation in my personal life has revealed that many Christians are simply exhausted, always busy with work or family stuff with no time for a contemplative life. And this is celebrated. This has led to the the church's emphasis on what it can measure. We can measure attendance on Sunday, salvation, prayers, baptisms. We can't measure discipleship and spiritual formation. So those have been relegated to the back seat and de-emphasized. This has led to a lot of people claiming Christ, but lacking the spiritual maturity to accurately represent him, which of course is detrimental to the witness of the church at large. So, I tend to agree with Dallas Willard that the best witness to Jesus is a well-formed Christian life. Therefore, greater emphasis should be given to the intangible spiritual formation than we currently give it. For Christians, following the way of Jesus, there is a different way to approach this topic of accomplishment and effectiveness. It is through the lens of calling. A well-developed sense of our call leaves us able to resist the temptation to compromise our morals and values to achieve success. It leaves us able to accept failure and remain unshaken. It leaves us able to rest, trusting that God is sovereign and he will accomplish his purpose regardless of our limitations or achievements. 
In his book, Ordering Your Private World, Gordon MacDonald sums it up well. <clears throat> he writes, German people often project a bravado of confidence as they forge ahead with their achievement-oriented life plan. But often, at the moment when it is least expected, adversities and obstructions conspire, and they can be personal, and there can be personal collapse. Called people, on the other hand, possess strength from within, the quality of perseverance and power that are impervious to the blows from without. If you're not yet convinced of the importance of living out of your calling rather than your drive to achieve, Thomas Merton writes, Each one of us has some kind of vocation. We are all called by God to share in his life and his kingdom. Each one of us is called to a special place in the kingdom. If we find that place, we will be happy. If we do not find it, we can never be completely happy. For each one of us, there is only one thing necessary, to fulfill our own destiny according to God's will, to be what God wants us to be. As we discussed at length in our Redemptive Life campaign last year, this work that God calls us to is not only full-time ministry, but anything that fulfills the creation mandate to make something of creation and bring honor to the glory of God. One's calling can just as well be to finance, auto mechanics, teaching, or business, and be just as sacred as full-time work for the church. For additional content today, I've linked you to Sky Jatani's book called With, in which he teases out the overemphasis on effectiveness and accomplishment in his chapter on the life for God. I encourage you to check it out. Reflection today, think of your goals for yourself, your personal life, your work, family, finances. Would you say that those goals are more rooted in your personal drive to achieve or in your sense of calling? That's a big question, one that I want you to sit with today. <laughs>